Um, God has laid a message on my heart, specific for, specifically for you this morning and myself. And I'm going to pray that God's going to use it. There are some of you today, you feel a little lost. You don't know what God really wants you to do. And we're going to figure that out today, okay? But I'm going to pray God uses this message because when you find out what God has called you to do and be, you can step into his destiny. It's amazing. And we're going to talk about that. Father God, I want to thank you for your word this morning. I want to thank you that God, that it is life. And God, whenever we read this word, Father, it changes lives. And I pray that, God, that lives are going to be changed this morning. I pray that, God, that we'll all have ears to hear. That, God, that we will receive it. That, God, that we'll have attitudes of humility this morning to say, God, I want everything that you have for me this morning, God. And I pray that those that are hungry, God, that you will fill them with life. And I just thank you, God, for what you're going to do, what's going to be accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor David. Um, as I was preparing this week, I was, you know, as you all know, I've been kind of not dodging series and things like that because I really feel impressed. I want now messages as I'm, as I'm praying. God says, I want you to share this with the body of Christ this Sunday. I want you to do it. And so this is really what I've been doing. Um, and, and this is one of these standalone messages I want to share this morning because it's dear of my heart. And I want to ask you this question. Um, and I, and I, I want, you, I want you to think about this. Do you know what your purpose is? Do you know why you were created? Do you know why? Do you know why God put you on this earth? If someone came up to you today after church and they ask you, what is your God-given purpose? Could you specifically Tell them what God's purpose is for your life. I want you to think about that. You should be able to. You should be able to tell them that. I know what God's, God's purpose is for me. I know what he's called me to be and do. And he's called me to be the pastor of this church, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know what my purpose is. There's no doubt about that. And so we're going to talk about fulfilling God's purpose for your life. And here's what I'm passionate about. I want us to be passionate enough to know that we stepped into God's purpose so that one day we can say these incredible, powerful words that Paul said that he operated in his purpose as well. And these are the words that Paul said. And, and it's my passion that we can all get to this place where we can say this as well, where he says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. In other words, God, I have done everything that you have asked me to do. I've cleared my schedule. I've taught the classes you wanted me to teach. I've, I, I've, you know, I've, I did the work you asked me to do. I've ministered to the people that you wanted me to minister to. And God, I, I, I picked up my cross and I've told the body of Christ that, that if we're going to follow you, God, that, that we have to die. God, I have given you my heart. 
But God, even more than that, I have given you my life. I've given you everything, God. And I think this is the problem with many Christians today. We give Him our heart, but do we really give Him our life? Our talents, our gifts, our home, our, 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 our things, our, our family, our children. Do we lay it all out on the line and say, God, we give you everything? And so the question is, how do I know, Pastor Gary, that I'm really truly stepping into God's purpose and fulfilling his purpose for my life? Let me give you a little indicator that should kind of indicate if you are stepping into God's purpose or in it. This is the indicator. The closer you get to it, the more satisfied that you will become. Because God will begin to satisfy your spirit. Because as you please God and God is pleased with you, then you will know. Trust me, God speaks to me all the time. says, son, I am pleased with you. Or son, I am not pleased with you. You need to pick it up a little bit. You're putting that a little bit before me, Gary. So you need to pick it up just a little bit. But, but that's how that you will know if you're in God's purpose for your life. The closer you get to it, the more satisfied that you're going to become. And matter of fact, there's no other thing, there's no other place that I'd rather be today. There was a lot of things that I could have done in my life. I've got a degree, you know, I could have went down the business path, you all know that. But I would never, ever, ever trade what I'm doing today for any of that. I've never been more satisfied in my entire life because I am in God's plan and God's purpose for my life. And it's a safe place, and I love it. It's not about money. It's not about fame. It's not about fortune. It is about just being obedient and, and having God's covering over my life. And so I want to take you to a story this morning uh, about a woman, and her name is Rahab, and how that she stepped right into the destiny and the purpose of God herself. And this is a story whenever Joseph, you remember him? Or not Joseph, but, um, but Joshua, I'm sorry. Joshua had sent out two spies. They were getting ready to go into Jericho and take this big city. And you know the walls that, that surround that city. And so he was going to send in two spies to spy it out. And so these two spies end up in the home of Rahab. Okay? Now, it, it sounds like a great thing, but it, it's really not as great as what you think, because if you know who Rahab was. So let's take, a re, let, let's take a look at this story now. Let's set the setting up here. Joshua chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Now, Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot, a prostitute, folks, is what this says, named Rahab. And we're going to come back to that in a minute because this is important that we understand this. This is where they landed and lodged there. She had an inn. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Then, now watch, the woman took the two men and hid them. So she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. 
And it happened. As the gate was, was being shut, when it was dark, that the men went out. Where the men went, I do not know. Pursue them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof uh, and hid them with the stalks of flask, which she had laid in order on the roof. Now, I don't know if you think about this or not, but here we have a harlot, a prostitute. Why in the world, out of all the people, the thousands of people in Jericho, why would God use a harlot to fulfill his purpose? What, what was going on? There? I mean, you would, you would have thought that he would have picked a, a, just a normal family that was married, had kids. Hey, come on to our house. Now, the, the reason why the spies went there in the first place is because she ran an inn. And it wasn't an inn, folks. It was an inn of women <laughs> that did harloting. Or I don't know you know the proper word to say there. But, but she was doing some harloting. And really, if you think about it, back then, back then it was almost kind of like a profession. It was just kind of a thing. It wasn't quite frowned on as much as it is today. But, but so it's just kind of how they did it. But anyway, so these, these guys end up in her house. But, but God uses a, 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 a prostitute to fulfill his purpose here on earth. And so why, though, would he pick Rahab? And this is the point I'm going to get, because we're going to focus on why it was and what caused God to choose her. Now, now here's what I want you to understand here this morning. It didn't matter what she did. It didn't matter about all the stuff that she was involved in. It mattered that she was willing to be used by God. Okay? Now, I want you to catch that, because there are many of you here today that maybe you have done a lot of stuff, and we're going to talk about that, and you feel unworthy. And so the question again is, how can I fulfill God's purpose for my life? So I'm going to show you three things here real quickly about Rahab that we can all learn, that, that how that we can start to walk into the purpose and the plan that God has for our life. And listen to me, it's very important that you step into the purpose of, of, of God's, that he has for your life, because the reason why, it, it, it's, going to, it's going to affect everybody in your entire life. And I'm going to show you. And so I, I want, uh, Dave, I want your team, your, listen to me back there, I want you guys to be prepared to sing the blessing again at the end of this service. Because it's a very important that you step into the purpose that God has for you. Every single one of you, God has a divine purpose and a destiny for you here on earth. And the question I'm going to ask you, do you know what it is? Do you specifically know what it is? So let's take a look here at Rahab. The first thing that we can learn about Rahab is Rahab had a bad past, didn't she? She had an awful past. Again, she lived as a prostitute. She, she, she harlotted out her, her life to, to others. And, and, and she ran this in, and this is the reason why the spies landed there. They needed a place to stay, and it was a place where they can kind of hide, and, and, and no one would notice them as much. But they ended up there. But the thing that I want you to really notice is, is that we can all relate to Rahab because she had a bad past. And every single one of us, we all have a bad past, folks. We've all been born into sin. If you think that you're perfect, you're not perfect, because the Bible tells the Romans that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's not one of us here that's perfect. 
Is there? Now, now we've, all, we've all done something. We've all fallen in areas of our life. But here's what I really want you to catch is every person God used in the Bible had a bad past. Everyone, every person you can think of that God used had a bad past. So this morning, if you've got a bad past and you're letting that affect you, you need to get over it. Because that will affect you. And we have to understand this. But how many remember another guy had a bad past? How about Paul? Let's, let's pick on one. Paul. The Apostle Paul. Now, you think you might have had a bad past? Has anyone in here ever murdered anyone? Please don't raise your hand. I just thought about that. I thought, man, someone might raise their hand. But I don't think you have. I, I, maybe if you have, please keep it to yourself. And I don't know what you're going to do. But... I don't think you have, but Paul did. Paul was a martyr. He, he murdered thousands of Christians before he was converted on the road to Damascus. We know the story. He was on the road to Damascus. He has a conversion. He gets saved, and God changed his name to Paul, from Saul to Paul. But, but, but I want you to hear something here that Paul had to get over. Paul had to overcome, and if you are going to step into God's purpose for your life, this is what we all have to overcome, and this is the biggest battle why people are not stepping into their destiny. Let me show it to you. Here's what Paul said. Now, remember, Paul was a murderer of Jews, but now he was converted. Now he stepped into his purpose that God has for his life, but watch what he says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. In other words, I haven't arrived. I'm still not perfect. There's a lot of improvement that needs to happen in me. But here's what he says. But one thing I do, one thing is all I have to remember. Forgetting those things. I'm going to say it again. Forgetting those things. Forgetting the past, forgetting all the stuff, the mistakes that I've made, you've made, which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. He had this awful, awful, awful past. And here's my point this morning. Put this up there. If you're ever going to fulfill your purpose for God, you have to forget your past. Your past is going to be there looking at you saying, you're not good enough. Look what you did. You are an awful person. You are an awful mother. You're an awful father. You ever feel that? And here's the thing. If you never overcome that, that is going to hold you in bondage. And you've heard me say this before. You've got to learn to forgive yourself because forgiveness is to set the prisoner free than to realize the prisoner was really me. You will never step into your purpose as long as that past is there facing you and hammering at you. But let me tell you what God has to say about your past. Let's go here now in Hebrews 8 verses 12. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. And I didn't put this up there, but 1 John chapter 1, 9 says that if you will confess your sins, I am faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So if God is willing to forgive us of all of our past, how much more should we? I'm telling you, there are some of us here today. You won't, you won't accept a teaching position. You won't do something in church because you're waiting to fix your life first. You're waiting till you feel like everything is good enough, and then you're going to step in, and I'm going to pray. I've, I've set my people dying in hospitals. Well, God called me to preach, but I never preached because I just felt like that. I just, uh, I just didn't really. I just had a lot of things still had to work on in my life. 
Paul, listen to me. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how bad it was. Listen, get over it. Get, move on. You start moving. Just step on into what God wants you to do. You know, when I was uh, first went into ministry, I was a children's pastor. I taught children. And if the church really knew my past, they would have never let me teach those kids. Come on. You ever felt that way? I mean, I had all kinds of stuff I was doing. And, but you know what happened? When I began to do that, I said, okay, God, I'll, I'll try this thing. As I looked at those kids, God began to convict my heart. And I looked at these little precious babies, and God said, I've placed you over them. So you're going to line your life. They made me. As I, they made me live my life great before the Lord. I was scared to walk out of that room that day and go out and do something wrong because I was accountable for what I was teaching these babies. You see, but it would have never happened had I not stepped out and got over myself, or I could have been sitting there going, well, I'm not good enough to teach yet. Well, you never will be, church. I'm still not good enough to be preaching here today because my righteousness is filthy rags in the eyes of God. I'm still not good enough. But you know what I do? I say, God, as long as you forgive me, keep covering me, God, I'm going to get back up here and I'm going to keep preaching again and again and again and again. And he anoints it, he anoints it as we keep moving forward. But you know what? Had I never, ever stepped out and moved from, 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 from Harrison back to Scottsburg, if I would have said, well, I'm not good enough. I would have still been over there. There had been no Elevation Church. And so, so, so you got to forgive yourself your past. So number one, number one, Rahab had a bad past. She had a bad past, but guess what? God still used her church. But there's a reason why he used her. And we're going to dig a little deeper and see why it was that he used her, okay? And here's the second thing we can learn from Rahab is Rahab had a great future. You have a great future. We all have a great future. All we have to do is step into what God wants us to do. We got to get out of ourself, out of the fear, out of our past, and step into the great future that God has for us. And everyone has a great future who comes to God. Now let's keep reading this story, and let's find out exactly why God chose Rahab to use her to fulfill his destiny for the people and the children of Israel. Now, now watch. Joshua 2, verses 8 and 11. Now, before they lay down, this was the spies in, in Rahab's house. She came up to them on the roof and said to the men, watch now, I know, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Let's read this again. I know, another word we can replace there, I believe, I believe that the Lord has given you the land. Did you just catch that? She's not doubting. She begins to realize God's a real God. Then she goes on here, that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. Notice, they've heard. They just heard, okay, 
They did. They heard what happened here at the Red Sea and how they came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Shion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. They heard this. The people there in Jericho heard this. And watch, and as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. Now watch here. For the Lord your God, first she said, I believe. Now she says, he is God. Did you catch what she just said? For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven and above on earth and beneath. You know what she did? She just got saved. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord, that you will be saved. She just got saved. She believed in her heart. That God did what he said he did, and all that, but now she's confessing with her mouth that he is God. Do you, now she gets saved, so now in heaven God is seeing this woman by herself in Jericho, the only woman there, and she's a harlot, but she's humbled herself, and now God sees it, and guess who he's going to use to house these spies? He uses her. But all the other people were destroyed because the only thing they did is hearing. See, hearing isn't salvation. you got to believe, church. And once you believe, then that begins to activate your faith. She put her life at risk. She risked her life for these two spies. And that is faith, man. She said, look, if your God did that for all your people, if he opened up the Red Sea for your people, I know that my God, that your God will protect me if I protect you. She put her life on the line. That's called working faith. Let me give you this truth this morning. You'll never find God's purpose for your life until you step out in faith. That's the scary part. Moving from Harrison to here, that was the scary part. Where do we go? I don't know. Where's it going to be? I don't know. Is there going to be any people there? I don't know. It's scary. That's the faith part. But I believed and I confessed and I heard him and I heard him specifically say, I want you to plant a church. We were going to start in the living room, in my dad's living room. He's had it all planned. We're going to start in the living room. Let's start here. Okay, we'll have church right here. I get a phone call from my wife. So excited. She said, you'll never believe what I'm talking to. I'm talking to Barb, Barb back here. And she's sitting back there now, and she remembers the conference. God used her. That lady right there has a huge part in Elevation Church today. And she didn't even have a clue what was happening. She wasn't a harlot, though. <laughs> she, you, she was a good girl. <laughs> But what I'm saying, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, you got to hear God's voice and go with it and open the door. I got to be careful. She's a great woman of God. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? She heard God's voice and she, and you know what? She gave us, she gave us so much. We had chairs to set in. God provided chairs. God provided a bathroom. She, she, she kept it stocked with the supplies. And, and, and all we, she had a little mini kitchen there that was available to us. She had everything we needed. And God, and God opened up that door. And then, and then she saw the need for us as we were growing. She had the other side of the building. And then she opened that up for us. Remember that? So we can have a children's church. And Becky was able to go in and have a children's church. And we tried to figure out where to get it. We didn't have a table. 
had to figure out how we can find a table. It cost 50 bucks. Back then, 50 bucks was hard. What we got 50 bucks? So we finally do it. You know, we get, we get, find 50 bucks. We get a table. But you see, see we, had, we had to have faith. We had to step out. And when we did, you know what? Four or five people showed up. I think Larry was one of the first ones showed up one day. I begged him to come to this church. Remember that? I went out to Scott's Hall. I didn't know who you know you from. Well, I was going to buy paint for my house. He's back working at Porter Paint. I said, dude, he said, what are you doing? I said, I just moved out to Scottsburg. And he said, well, what are you doing? I said, I'm starting a church. You ought to come. He said, I'm Catholic. I go, I don't care. You just need to come to church. <laughs> Remember that? We were talking about that. I said, you got to come to church. And after you got there, I'm like, Lord, why did I ask him to come? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, he's never missed. He's got, I think you got every message I've ever preached. You ever want one of my messages? He's got it on paper, handwritten, boom, boom, boom. He can tell me. He watches me if I've ever preached this message. You can tell if I've preached a message before, don't you? But anyway, I have no clue when I went there, but we did. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, 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 that, is that God uses everyone. He has a plan, has a purpose, and he'll send you the right people at the right time in the right place. But you just got to be in the destiny, destiny for him. We have to step out by faith. That's faith. Let me, let me show you some more scriptures here about working faith that she had in Hebrews 11, verses 31, because then they begin to talk about her. By the way, this is the hall of faith. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish. She did not perish. Why? Why? With those who died or, or did not believe. Right there it was. They didn't believe. She believed. They didn't believe. They all died, but she was the only one that was spared all of Jericho. Do you all know that? Now watch. When she had received the spies with peace, God used her to save these spies' lives. And she didn't die because she believed. As a matter of fact, she ended up in the hall of faith, man. Her name, and she's in heaven right now, walking next to Abraham. My name's next to yours, man. Moses, I'm with you, baby. You know, Joshua, I'm right with you as well. You know, Jonah, I'm with you, man. Uh, uh, Noah, hey, I'm with you. Dude, I was a harlot. And I'm with you guys. Could you imagine what she must feel today? And we're preaching about her today. Now, why should we be preaching about a woman that had a horrible, horrible past? You know why? Because God can use anyone. And all they have to do is, is surrender their life. Let God change their life. Amen. And James uses her name too here. And James, watch. James 2, verses 25. Likewise, was not Rahab the heart also justified by works? Now, here's where, 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 where faith comes in. Okay, and here's where we miss it. Justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. Now, she was justified by works. And James says, faith without works is dead. See, and this is what I hear people say all the time. God's called me to do this. God's called me to do this. God wants me to do this. But I never see him do it. Because they're waiting for something. What are you waiting on? But what are you waiting on? If God called you to do it, then you got to step out and do it. Jeffrey Sorrell, God's called, he met with me. He said, God's calling me to feed the homeless people. He's got it all laid out too, man. It's awesome. He wrote a whole plan and I said, okay, then do it. And here's the thing. Don't let people get in the way to take away the vision God put in your heart for this. 
It's not my job. I, I could say to her, don't get everybody else involved because they'll get it all messed up. If God told you to do it, God will speak to your heart on how you need to do it. And God's going to send people by your way to help you, enable you. But be careful they don't get you off track. That's important. Because God will speak to you. But when he speaks, you've got to move. If you don't move, I, I, I could be saying, well, God's called me to plant a church one day. God's called me to, to preach one day. And by the way, you're, you're uh, you know, um, God's purpose for your life. I'm a preacher. You're not a preacher. God's purpose for you might be you working in a factory somewhere and ministering to who you're next, sitting next to. God's purpose for Barb, for us, was to supply us a place to have a church. That was her purpose. God divined her purpose. Now she did that. Now she's here in the church, and now there's other things in her life that God is going to use, and she has other purposes. We all have a purpose to be used by God. Or she could have just said, I don't want to loan it to you. I don't want to rent it to you. I got other people I can rent it to. No. She said, I'm going to rent it to you. I'm going to read it, but look what happened. Look what happened. By faith, faith, you know, uh, without works is dead, he says. So in other words, I'm going to say this. If you're not doing something, you don't believe. If you don't do something, you don't believe. If I didn't step out, I didn't really believe God called me. See, if, if Anthony or Jeffrey doesn't do something, then, then he's really not called. You see, same thing, uh, Pat and Tina, when they moved here, they felt God is calling us to do a young adult ministry. You know what? They're not talking about it now. They put the faith, they stepped forward, and now they're doing it. Look what God did. See, there's many people, you all, they're all of us, God has a purpose for all of us. Didn't anybody the same way? They, they came here, they said, God is calling us to do marriage ministries. Okay? We will stand behind you, we'll equip you to do it. They did it. Boom. Look what happened. Okay? Okay, now we got another. Dennis and Jill. Jill, you didn't come to me. Jill wants to start like a, an exercise thing for the ladies, guys, whatever. She, remember? Okay, did God tell you or did not tell you to do that? If he did, then we could talk about it. But faith without works is dead. Why would God put something in your heart? Let's push your tears back. Say, come in here, baby. We're going to do some. Dancing to the oldies. I don't know. Do something. But listen, but we're doing it to get people healthy. God's pleased. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you think God wants our physical bodies? Absolutely. What an incredible ministry. So I'm going to keep holding it to you. So when you come to me, don't you come to me and say, God told me to do something. I'm going to push you to do it. Don't waste his time. You do it. Well, I don't, well, I'm just not quite ready yet. I got to do this. I got to, well, I'm not, God's called me. Well, I just don't, look, that's, that's, your, that's your past telling you can't. So be careful with that. But if you're not doing something, you don't believe. In James chapter 2, verses 17, let's go here. And thus also faith by itself, if, if it does not have works, is dead. You know what? When we came here, I had to move the chairs. I, I didn't come in and say, okay, God, you call me here. Who's going to put up the chairs? God, there's equipment's got to be. Who's going to put up the equipment Sunday morning, God? He said, you are, you little sorry thing. Get your little sorry butt out there and do it. Can I say butt in church? I did, didn't I? <laughs> but anyway, 
And so I had to. Every Sunday morning, we get those chairs. We put them out. Dude, we were good, too. We got, woo, man, those suckers. That was a, you polished that floor back there, man, and those chairs just glided like a, I don't know, like a pocky, hockey puck or whatever you call those. They just glide across there. And then my son came down. He said, uh, he said slow me, too. And I go, foof, foof. I said, dude, and he just grabbed them. Then we'd start backing them up. It was the coolest thing ever. But we'd have to put the equipment up. We'd take the equipment down. See, you never saw that part. Every chair. We'd have to spray a bunch of Lysol all the time. Because sometimes Saturday night, they've got some pretty heavy parties going on in that place. Smoke, cigarette smoke, whatever, blah, blah. And so, you know, we had to, we had to be prepared. Always doing stuff, you know. But, but God supplied that. But we had to do the work. But when we did, God honored it. And so let me put it this way. If you want your faith to be active... You're going to have to do something. And guess what? Rahab did something. She opened her home up physically and welcomed me in and protected them. Right? So she had a bad past, but God still used her. And Rahab had a great future. She had a great future because God had a future for her. Everyone has a future when you step into what God's plans for your life. you got to move. you got to do your part, then God will do his part. But she, she had a great future because she believed. Now, here's the last and final one, and I'm done. Come on, Pastor Dave. Go ahead and have the whole team come up here too. Rahab fulfilled her purpose. She fulfilled it. Now, this is what really gets good. Now, why is important that we find and step into God's purpose for our life. You think by me just doing this is just for me? Mm -mm. Your purpose is about other people. That's why I always secretively always tell you the most happy show for me is about other people. Because that's what ministry is about. It's not about anything else. It's about people. And God gives you gifts and talents and abilities for other people. And when you use them to bless them, it'll make you happy. You see, when Rahab blessed these two spies, guess what? She was happy. It made her happy inside because God found favor on her and shined his favor on her. And not only did she save their lives, but guess what? God saved her life. She brought protection onto her life. When you step into God's purpose and plan for your life, you're actually putting blessings on your life. And listen to this, not only your life, but it gets better. Let, let, let me go here for a second. I, 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 I want you to think about this. This is the coolest part when I studied this. Y'all want to know who uh, Rahab's daddy was? Or Rahab, um, or uh, you want to know who Rahab's son was? Boaz. You want to know who Boaz's wife was? Ruth. <laughs> now watch, it gets really good. And uh, Rahab was married to Salmon, which no big deal. But what you got to understand, God can take a nobody and make a somebody out of it. And about the time that you think you're the lowest of lowest of lowest, you're exactly where and who God wants you're exactly where he wants you, and you're exactly who he needs. Let me show it to you, because we're going to sing this blessing. And when you step into your God-given destiny, your purpose that he has for your life, not only will it bless you, 
but it's going to bless my son. And then it's going to bless his son. And then it's going to bless his son. And when we prove it to you, watch this now. Let's, let's read this. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, who we're talking about. She had Boaz. And then Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. It gets better. Obed was the father of Jesse. And who was Jesse's son? Jesse was the father of King David. And guess who? The father of King David. King David, who he was the father of. He was the father of who? Solomon. Blessing upon top of blessing upon top of blessing. All because I believe and I'm obeying and I'm activating my faith and I'm going to let God use me to help somebody else and I'm going to step right into my God-given destiny because not only is it going to bless me, but it's going to bless my son and their son and their son and their son and their son. And guess what? When you keep reading this story, not only is she the grandmother of King David or the grandmother of Solomon, but she is also the great, 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 so many greats, I can't count them all, of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ himself, came right into this world through her lineage. So don't tell me God can't take a nothing. So you're here today, and you might feel so awful. I don't care. God doesn't care. All God cares about, are you going to believe? Are you going to trust me? Are you going to activate the faith? When I'm telling you, quit, get over yourself, get out of your past, forgive your past. I've forgiven you. Let's begin to step back into the destiny I have for you in Jesus' name. And watch what I will do. Man, I get excited about that. I'm excited because you know what? Because I'm in my purpose. My son's going to find his purpose. You know what he's doing? He's got, he's an actuary. He's a numbers guy. I don't know where that came from, but he's a numbers guy. And he's working for a big company in Indianapolis or up in Carmel. But that's not the good part. The good part is, is he's in a church up there called Northview, Northview, I think is what it's called, a big church. And guess what he oversees? Financial Peace University. He's teaching people how to manage their finances the godly way, how to give because he's a giver. And then, you know what? Because he's now being used in the ministry. He's not a preacher. God didn't call him to preach. God called him in other areas. So, so listen, what is it? What is your purpose? Why did God put you on this earth? Can you specifically tell someone today? Ask God. And when God begins to put something in your heart, just do it. Right? That's your purpose. Do something for God. And you know what? It might be just a purpose for that, for that season. And then all of a sudden it might shift to another purpose. But let God use you, church. Because when you do, you're going to put blessings on, on top of your family. Dave? Teresa? Get in your purpose. He'll get in his purpose. And it'll help the other one get in their purpose. And then when you have a little baby, you too right there, Isaiah, you right there, you're going to have a baby one day. And they're going to be happy. They're going to be so happy. They're going to love that baby more than you, Isaiah. I'm just going to say right now. So just get over it. Just push on. But when you have that baby, that baby's going to be blessed. You know why? Because you're here. And you know what your purpose is? I don't know how to do that. Sign language. God did not give you that to set. So we're going to get on. We're going to put in a newspaper. We, we're going to have like an assistant listening ministry in this church. 
Because we're going to step into our blessing, our purpose, so your children and their children will be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) Amen. God, I want to thank you for your word this morning. And God, I pray, I, I know that there are some that feel so inadequate. And God, they may feel like that their whole entire life may have been wasted. God, not so. But God, you could start right now. God, they could step right now. They, they can stop the talking about it and start the doing about it right now, God. I don't know who this is for this morning, but right now, God is speaking to you. Step in to the destiny right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.